Assalamu alaikum guys and welcome back to another episode of The Word Affairs. So I hope you are all well. I hope all of you had an amazing week and I hope it continues to be like that inshallah because today I am actually recording this episode on a Thursday and so you guys will hear this on the Sunday inshallah. Which again, we're like having a really good track record, aren't we? Of being so continuous and what's the word, but basically commitment and all of that. So yeah, that's pretty good. Um, The reason for that is because I will be in London when this comes out, therefore I would not be able to record on the day. So I really hope you guys enjoy this when it does come out. But anyways, um, I hope you all have an amazing rest of the week, inshallah. I hope you all have a really great time back to school, by the way, because school has started up again. It is that time of the month guys you do not understand like I can never ever ever put into words just how much I bloody love September like I cannot explain it to you September is probably my favorite month of the entire year no I'd say September October September October time not like there's much difference there um it's probably the best time of the year for me because I don't know what it is I just oh there's just so much like even just talking about it gets me excited and that is so sad how sad is that that is oh I just realized how depressing that is okay hear me out all right guys just hear me out don't don't come and cancel me so the reason why I love September October is first and foremost like autumn it's just autumn okay that's just one word autumn that should just sum it all up I don't feel like I need to explain why that's amazing but I am the biggest autumn girl ever like oh my god autumn is just the best thing I love it I love knitwear I love jumpers I love wearing your coats I love getting the scarf out you know your big woolly scarves I just love all of that I just oh I just love getting hot drinks I mean I am an iced latte I'm an iced you know coffee person but sometimes a hot coffee just hits different I'm not really a hot chocolate person I will admit to you guys I know that might be a bit triggering for some of you but yeah I just feel like personally hot chocolate just it doesn't hit the same but I will be trying a hot chocolate out in Charlotte in London. So I will tell you guys how that went because I've been dying to go to this place. Anyways, so that's another story for another day. But anyways, what I was saying was that autumn just has its own vibe. You know that feeling that you had when you were a kid and you went to school and it was, you know, start of school, fresh, crisp new year. And then, you know, you're kind of like running home and it's getting dark outside and it's cold and your cheeks feel cold. You can't feel your nose. And then you come inside the house and it's warm oh my god and you know there's a candle burning because my family we are so big on candles we are big fat candle lovers like there's always a candle burning somewhere like in my room in my mum's room in the living room in the hallway um you know sometimes even in the kitchen like can oh do you know what I'm saying? Like autumn is just that candle. It's just candle season. Tell me I'm wrong. Try and tell me I'm wrong. I ask you to have an argument with me because I'm not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. And then winter, like it's just, I just love it. I just love that slow transition into winter. Could you believe that we could have like a, a, I don't know, like a almost four minute conversation on, on the season of autumn? Because don't get me wrong. I can go into more detail, but I don't even want to bore you guys. Okay. But yeah. Oh, and and the color orange, the color orange, red, brown, amber, 
gold, like all of that, you know, it's just autumn. It's just autumn. Like, I can't explain to you just how much I love it. On top of that, by the way, I did get a um, message last week off the last week's episode, or I think it was in relation to that one, um, off a listener. And basically, they were saying how they basically the audio of the podcast it's got quieter or something or it just sounds really quiet and is there any way for me to kind of like you know amplify it and I actually I'm so sorry but I don't know how to so for you listening out there because I know who you are um I'm so sorry I actually don't know how to but I'm praying that by the time I recorded this episode I've basically found out a way how to do that even if that means just kind of like coming close to the mic just as I have now I just hope it makes a bit of a difference inshallah so I'm working on that but if you guys also feel that way the rest of you let me know because it's something that my brother pointed out to me as well and I honestly don't know why that's happening it never used to happen before but yeah um let me know so anyways what was I saying we've got autumn and then the whole concept of the new school year oh my god like You do not understand, firstly, how much I miss school. I'm 22 years old. I'm a big, grown woman. Like, I still miss the concept of, you know, the first day back at school, the first week, your new books, like, writing your name and, like, your teacher's name and this the the year you're in at the front, making sure it's, like, super neat because then you're you're stuck with that for the rest of the year or the rest of the term, depending on how many you know, pages you write, because I used to get through quite a few books, obviously, me being a geek. But yeah, I just adore it. And then like, buying notebooks, and oh, I just miss it so much. And then not even just that, but like, seeing your friends again, all of it. Like, I just loved high school. And I know there's actually a few people who listen to this podcast from secondary school. Some of my friends, so shout out to them, because I just feel like, especially one or two of them, they will know exactly what I'm talking about, because we just loved it. Like, I adored it anyway. So, um, yeah I miss it so much I just miss high school so much I think secondary school was that time where you either loved it or you loathed it like there's no in between you know what I'm saying you either you either loved it or you hated it for some it was a love-hate relationship for me it was just love obviously like I think the first time I went though I, 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 I had a hard time fitting in because like with all due respect to everyone out there who's not Asian like I was like I'd never been in an environment where there were so many white people and so I'm thrown into this environment and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Why is everybody so different? Why am I suddenly the odd one out? And, um, you know, I kind of experienced that. And then, you know, before you know it, it just becomes home. Like those people become your family. And, you know, I think we're all at like such different points in our lives now. You know, sometimes I hear about like what such sets doing. And I'm like, wow, like that's crazy. Like we all kind of like went to the same school, stuff like that, same lessons, and we've come out, and we're doing different things entirely, and I love it, like, yeah, I'm so sad, because I miss it, but yeah, I hope you all had an amazing experience at secondary school, and for all of you who are starting as well, if you're starting school, if you're starting college, or sixth form, because I know a few of you people are, um, I just hope that it's the best experience for you ever, trust me when I say, um, take advice from other people about their experiences, but do not follow them like the bible, because I'm telling you, everyone's experience is different, I for example hated sixth form, but my brother went to the same sixth form, and he loved it, like had the best time of his life, so it's very subjective, it's very tailored to your own, kind of like whatever you're going through in life at that time, or what type of person you are, or how you deal with environments, 
confidence, stuff like that. So remember to take it at face level, face value or face level. I don't even know the word anymore. And just be you. Definitely just be you. Don't be afraid of, you know, who you are. Don't try and change yourself for anyone because you'll just realize if you do that, you have to put that act up for the next five years at secondary school or for the next two years at college, that would be exhausting. I've seen it happen and I've seen that and it's just not nice. Just be yourself because, I mean, you're gonna make a lousy anybody else. Do you know what I mean? I'm not gonna claim that as my own quote because it clearly isn't, but yeah. Anyways, we're gonna move on. So this week I wanted to chat a little bit about mental health and journaling with you guys, okay? So I feel like it's been a while since we've done a topic like this I have definitely definitely done an episode about the whole concept of journaling and I think I even I think I even gave like five reasons or maybe even 10 I don't think I was 10 I don't think I'm that generous but I do think it was like five five reasons you know why everyone should journal or something like that and it was a it was an episode from maybe like a year or two ago so definitely check that out on the podcast it is definitely still there somewhere and I still stand by whatever I said in that hopefully um because I can't remember um but I do hope you guys have listened to that you don't have to obviously it's not a it's not a life and death moment but anyways what I wanted to talk about was the whole concept of journaling and just the benefits and not even just that but like my own journey with journaling um and just like you know what I've heard from other people and stuff like that so obviously for those of you out there some of you and I feel like particularly this is more of like a thought that kind of applies to the boys um I don't know I'm not I'm trying not to be sexist here and I'm trying not to stereotype but I do genuinely think like more girls journal in comparison to boys but boys definitely journal does that make sense so not all journalers are women but most journalers are women I hope that made sense and you know what in my head it does okay so um obviously you know you boys out there if you don't journal what are you doing because I'm telling you and girls if you don't journal like what are you doing I'm telling you it is so beneficial um and the first thing I'd always say about journaling is where you tend to go wrong is when you try to force yourself to write every single day or write on a specific day or write at a specific time or write a specific amount of pages you kind of go wrong when you try to force yourself to stick to a schedule and the reason for that is because I personally believe and this is probably why I've had a very good relationship with journaling but like at the same time it has sometimes I have slacked a bit which we will get onto but like I do definitely believe the reason why I've been so such a big fan of like journaling in general is because I never stuck to a schedule. I never sat down and said, okay, I have to write every day. Truth be told, life is not what you see on social media. Life is not what you see like, you know, on, on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter even. It's not like that. So there genuinely is not always going to be a day where something's happening um but one thing I will say is every single day you feel something does that make sense because you know some days you might just be feeling okay some days you might be feeling really down some days you might feel so over the moon so productive and you just want to kind of like write about it whatever it is but you know sometimes you just might sit there and think you know I genuinely don't have anything to write about today and then you might start to flop like you might start to feel like you're flopping like oh I said I was going to journal something every day I have to write something down if I don't I'm going to break the routine and that's where I personally think we go so wrong because to be honest with you like I just said you know it's not really needed and number two when you when you try to force yourself into that habit 
you're gonna start to put a lot of pressure on yourself and then on top of that like you start to feel like you're slacking but you're not like you're really not you know life is very fluid like it's not very you know standard everything has to happen you know every single day of life you have to write about something you have to make something up like no you know sometimes you can just have a relaxed day and you know sometimes those relaxed days might even turn into a relaxed week you might not you might not write anything down for a week there have been times when I have journaled especially now there have been times when I have journaled and I've written the date at the top right and then the next time I come back to write another page it's literally been a month like I'm not joking it's literally been a month and I think to myself like what the hell so much has happened in a month when I look back how was I not journaling and that's on me I would not recommend doing that the reason for that is because first and foremost you have to remember this journal is just for you it's not for anyone else it's not for anyone else's eyes obviously if you want to show someone else that's your choice but the main thing that I think to myself is it's not for anyone else this is for me this is for me to kind of understand myself to tune into myself to really process what's happening in my life right now I'm telling you guys this and you if you're younger especially um if you're not like at the age that we're at you might not you know might not um understand this as much as you know we probably do at my age but I am telling you this so much happens in life that you don't realize and then when you look back on it all those little, little things kind of equated and they just mounted up to something so big and you think, God, like my entire life changed. And that is so dramatic, I do understand. But I mean this like with my hand on my heart. Sometimes I look back, especially now, like now that I'm 22, I can say this with my hand on my heart, so much changes in life. Like every single day, you feel like it's the same. But when you look back and reflect back on a month, you're like, what the hell like my life is so different like so much happened in a month and I can't believe this I'm telling you this and maybe that's just me maybe maybe my life is just a mess maybe my life is chaotic but I will genuinely be honest like even when I look at my friends and we're catching up and we're kind of like talking and you know we're just telling each other what's you know a little you know regular life updates like even from their perspective I can see so much has changed when I look at my parents, when I look at my brothers, when I look at, you know, people around me, I see, okay, yeah, like, if I look at where we all were a month ago, things may have been a little different, um, and obviously, if you're, like, 15, 16, 14, I know there's even, like, 13-year-olds who listen to this podcast, which, shout out to you guys, because you're amazing, um, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, you know who you are, because I've spoken to quite a few of you, um, you're all amazing, first and foremost, like, I wish I was your lot's age, and I had something that I would listen to, like, a podcast, I wish I knew what podcasts were at your lot's age, genuinely one of the biggest regrets of my life, um, but, you know, at that age, you might think to yourself, nothing's changing. I'm just in school. It's so annoying. It's so boring. I do the same thing day in, day out. You know, I'm meeting the same people every single day. And that is quite true because at that age, you're very stationary. Like, perhaps the biggest change you'll have is like the transition from like maybe primary to like secondary. Um, or, you know, I think perhaps one of the biggest transitions you have is from secondary to sixth form. And that's not just in the sense of education, that's in the general sense of life. You know, it's really funny because I saw, I've seen this quite a few times on TikTok, but there's one boy, he kind of like summed it up so perfectly. And obviously he wasn't trying to make a TikTok to be deep or philosophical or anything like that. He was just genuinely like stating something, kind of making like a, you know, wow, this is really cool. But um, <clears throat> basically he was talking about how you realise when you're going through different parts of your life, different transitions, different processes and different phases, it's like new chapters. And it's like you're watching a movie with a new season. And in every new season, it brings along new characters. You're going to meet new people. Some characters are going to leave. 
you know in seasons you see that they leave the show but like in your life as well some people are going to leave new people are going to enter new characters there's going to be new plot twists there's going to be new developments there's going to be new settings there's going to be new places new areas there's going to be new goals and you know we see that so much like you can sit down and I would just ask you just right here right now think of your favorite show okay it can be anything it can be on Netflix, it can be on Amazon, it can be on YouTube, it could be on, I don't know, a Pakistani drama, it could be anything, I don't know about Pakistani dramas because they don't really have seasons, but you get what I'm saying, it could be a Turkish drama, um, anything like that, now obviously you've got like a name of a show in your head, right, now sit down and think about that, and now think about when you first watched the first ever episode, or the first five episodes of that show, compare it to the last few episodes of the show or perhaps the 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 episodes that you're on right now and just sit down and think and process about how different they are they are so different there are so many new people there are so many people that are gone there are so many different developments there are so many things that happen there are so many interlinking parts there are so many plot twists there are so many shocks there are so many horrors there are so many you know moments of happiness and that's life just think of it I'm not trying to sit here and say to you guys romanticize your life and make it like a Netflix show because that if anything is not what I'd ever recommend but I will say just sit down and realize that your life is never always going to be stationary. It's never always going to be the same. And it will have changed so much because quite frankly, without sounding as cringy as possible, life is literally a movie. Just think about it. You know, like I just said to you, new characters, old characters, characters come, characters go, characters return. Then you've got plot twists. Then you realize, hang on, I want to do this with my life. Oh, wait, hang on. I've just realized that's not the best idea for me anymore. I don't want to do that with my life. You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have absolutely heartbreaking, shattering moments where you feel like you can't even breathe anymore, where you don't want to get out of bed, where you feel like your whole life has come down, where you feel like you're never going to ever be able to find happiness in your life again. You're going to have moments where you're so elated. You're so, you know, productive. You're feeling like you're at the top of the world. You feel like you're stood on a mountain and you're looking down to everyone and you're literally screaming at the top of your lungs because you're so happy. That's literally life. Like if you just sit about it, sit down and think about it, like that's literally life for you. But obviously when you're going through it, when you're going through it at that moment, you never see it that way. You will never ever see it that way. But if I was to sit down and ask you, listen, reflect back on the year or reflect back on the last two years, three years, five years, you will realise, hand on your heart, you'll realise so much has changed. You'll think to yourself, oh my god, do you remember when such and such was in my life? Oh my god, do you remember when we used to do this? Do you remember when I couldn't drive? Do you remember when we used to have to take public transport everywhere? If you're still taking public transport everywhere, please, like, do it, because it's very character building, but also get a licence. Kindly, because driving is just another it's just another amazing feeling okay so that's just like little things but the point of this story is life changes so much that when you look back at it everything's changed like you don't realize as every day goes back but when you look back you know you reflect back so much has changed and so for me I realized very quickly like this was happening a lot like in my prime years especially like I started journaling when I was 19 and honestly, just saying that on this podcast scares me so much. Genuinely, like, it scares me because I am 22 years old now. If you think about it, that's only three years, right? 
is it yeah 20 21 22 yeah okay listen don't question my maths yeah that's three years <laughs> um but the point is so much has changed in my life in three years time subhanallah like I do not know how why where what who like none of it but I know for a fact sometimes when I sit down and I grab my old journals and I'm just reading through it honestly like the thousands of emotions I'm put through and I think perhaps the reason why I feel that way I'm just bumping my desk as I'm talking today by the way so sorry if you can hear knocking here and there but the reason why I feel like I personally am such a big fan of journaling is because when I write I genuinely tune into my emotions I get very deep and it's very sad if I'm honest with you like it's very like god get a life type of vibe but it's it's what makes me happy like it was what gives me that awareness of myself it's what gives me that understanding and that recognition that hey like you know you're feeling xyz and it really makes me you know understand myself before anyone else and on top of that it makes me understand how I felt in each and every single situation because life is not easy and that's one thing I will say to everyone out there it's never going to be easy there's going to be times where genuinely like I said before you're literally going to feel like I don't want to get out of bed today or you're literally going to feel like oh like I don't know how anything's ever going to get better and that's because Allah puts us through things for a reason. He is, and you know, we've heard this a thousand times, haven't we? You know, the whole concept of, is it going to be a blessing or is it going to be a lesson? But, you know, I also believe that in every lesson, there's a blessing because you always come out of it differently. And I, I, and I mean this with my hand on my heart, you will go through something and like you'll make du'a for it or anything. And sometimes your du'a doesn't get accepted. And you may sit there thinking, God, like I literally asked for something that was so halal. I asked for something that was so normal. It could be anything like, oh, Ya Allah, give me really good grades in my biology test. It could be anything. And you'll be sitting there thinking to yourself like, what was wrong with what I asked? You know, I wasn't asking for anything wrong. I wasn't asking for anything so majestic. Why did I not get what I wanted? And at that time, you will never be able to understand it. Truly, you will not. Give it some time. That's biggest advice I would ever give to anyone when their du'as are not accepted give it some time I mean this you will see it from a different perspective my dad's biggest line to me is always um when you change the way you look at things things change and genuinely he says this to me if I was to go and get my brothers right now and say it's them, they'd be like, oh my god, that's dad's literally killer line, like, literally, that's dad's biggest line, and you know, at first, I used to get so frustrated when my dad would say this to me, because I'd be like, dad, that's not fair, like, I'm trying to tell you something, you know, you can't just turn around to me and say, change the way you look at things, but honestly, now, at the age of 22, I'm so glad that my dad gave me that advice, because genuinely, like, I agree with it so much, and I think I'd probably pass that on to my children as well, inshallah, one day, like, when you change the way you look at things, things change, but hang on, that doesn't mean you go through something okay listen snap out of it change it right now stop look at it differently it doesn't mean that that's not what it means it means give it time process it reflect back on it let it be genuinely just let it be let things go naturally and normally and then eventually your perspective will change because now you're looking at it from a different angle and therefore when things you know are going hard when you look at the way they are and when you change the way you look at the way they are 
things change. That's what happens, okay? You you made the eye, uh, didn't get accepted, you're so frustrated, you don't understand, you're very confused. Eventually, you'll start to realise and you'll start to see why Allah knew it was not good for you. And that's why when you think, you know, when you look at some, some things and when you change the way you look at things, things change, you know? So I would definitely say that's one of my biggest advices. Um, but honestly, like, I do think as well, like it's very important to write about those type of things and reflect because at that time, it's just you. Literally at that time, it's just you and your thoughts. And I do genuinely think like in this generation today, we are very scared to be left alone with our thoughts. And that is very, it's quite dark if you think about it to a certain extent, but I'm not trying to say that to scare anyone. I'm just saying it because Nowadays in a society and a generation where we have immense contact at the touch of our hands, I can pick up my phone right here, right now and just message anyone to start a conversation with. Someone will reply. One of my friends will reply. One of my family members will reply. Someone on Instagram will reply. And therefore the likelihood of us actually just being alone with our thoughts, I feel like it's possibly it's a smaller likelihood than back in the days when there wasn't social media because there were times you just have to sit on your own and you just have to reflect and think about yourself and think about life and nowadays where everything is so fast-paced life is just so fast you know we're living in the fast lane like we're doing things you know right after each other we're 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 making plans and stuff like that it's just very hard and especially when you get to our age when you're in this gap of like in your 20s you'll realize just how fast life gets and you'll realize okay now it's one of those where I'm having I don't have free time I'm having to make time to see the people I love things like that and so you know the thought of us being alone with our thoughts it probably you know it possibly happens at night right let's be real when you're when you're alone at night and you know you're you're on your own you're perhaps in your bed and you just start to think and you know you're thinking and you're thinking and you're going off on a tangent and you start to realize like wow like this is how I felt about xyz you know we always hear those you know you, you must have seen those memes you know where it's like you know, when it's like three in the morning and I realise what I should have said in an argument to someone when they said this to me five years ago or when I wake up in the middle of the night and I realise someone said this to me five years ago and it hurts so much. There's a reason why that all happens at night because that is the time when probably you're alone. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to go to sleep. It's that one moment where you're like, okay, I need to switch off now. And sometimes when you're trying to switch off, you just can't because your thoughts are crowding you and you're forced to basically go through them. But there's not much clarity. There's not much definition. There's not much understanding. I'm telling you this, like my biggest advice with journaling would be journaling gives you that. It gives you definition. It gives you clarity. You know, it makes you understand what you're going through. But for you to go through that, for you to experience that, you're gonna have to be honest with yourself. And that's why I say that journaling is that one place, you know, you've got your book, you've got your pen, you've got that paper in front of you. It's only you who's gonna see that. It's only between you and yourself. And, you know, Allah knows your thoughts, but at the end of the day, you're just writing them down. You're just blurting it out. And sometimes it's very hard at the beginning. You don't know what to write. You don't know how formal to be. You don't know how informal to be. You don't know what to write. Um, But eventually there'll come a time when it just flows naturally. And, you know, it is quite, it is quite hard sometimes because you're going to be forced to really reconcile with yourself, if anything. You're going to be forced to kind of check in with yourself and see yourself. And I feel like, again, like I said, in this generation, we just don't do that as much as we used to. This whole concept of mindfulness, this whole concept of your inner peace, this whole concept of, you know, um, 
the productivity stage and your mental health and stuff like that and checking in with your emotions and your emotional state and your mental state you know we talk a lot about it let's be real we talk a lot we hear mental health being thrown about so much and I'm going to say it as brutally honest as I possibly can you know this whole concept of yeah you should do this for your mental health oh my god mental health is mental health is that now I'll be honest with you I heard this many months ago on a podcast and the podcast was called the Abwan Chronicles and it's basically a podcast of um a bunch of girls that kind of like live all over the place um but they were all originally from Canada I think and you know there's one who living in the UK there's one living in Canada etc etc I think one moved back and stuff like that but the bottom line is they you know get together to write you know to talk about this podcast and one time they were talking about the concept of mental health and self-care self-care just rocketed in lockdown it boomed in lockdown and suddenly what you saw were all of these companies exploiting this need for self-care and I choose the word exploitation because all of a sudden out of nowhere you started seeing all of this stuff being thrown about buy this set to help with your self-care get this face mask to help with your self-care buy these books buy these coloring things buy this buy that buy these pampers and hampers and all of this for your self-care by the way you'll have to pay about 90 pounds excluding delivery and including shipping and packaging and it's just such heavy expectation of the word self-care and mental health it's like hey i've made this product because i've realized that there's this this gap in the in the marketing field in the business world for this concept of self-care because right now more than ever we're tuning into our mental health but let's be real we're not really doing anything about it so i'm going to exploit this and i'm going to create this niche all of a sudden and i'm going to be the first person to attack this niche i'm going to really grow I'm going to really profit off this and therefore because I'm putting so much energy and time into this because I'm buying all of this product and I'm making all of these from the I don't know indigenous grounds of you know Amazon and I'm buying this cocoa from the the caves of Brazil and all this it's going to cost you about 120 pounds and I do expect that to be delivered to me and I'm just like are you crazy right now like you're literally exploiting the need for self-care for mental health and these girls were talking about it and they said it so brutally and honest and it really got me thinking and I thought to myself wow like I've seen, guys, I've seen colouring books literally, like, priced at, like, £40. I've seen that type of stuff, and it's, like, colouring helps. And, hey, don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here and I'm not cussing colouring, okay? Because it does help with your mental health. That is for sure. Like, just get your pens and just do some colouring, and, you know, it helps. It soothes you, it calms you, just allows you to sit down in peace. But I am so sorry, I'm not paying £40 at my own expense to do that. When I can go into the works or I can go into Waterstones and pick one up for like £8 or something and I can do the exact same thing. I really don't need these glamorised, beautiful, glittery, felt-tip pens to do it. Like, it does the same thing. Do you know what I mean? But like, people are just profiting off this. And so now you've got this kind of like environment where we are talking so much about mental health, like I was saying initially before the self-care conversation and we are we're bringing in all of these words and you know we're telling everyone listen mental health matters we're telling the men we're telling the boys listen your mental health matters your emotions matter but can I be honest with you what are you actually doing about it like how are you helping this and then on top of that like you've got the UK you know being like oh my god mental health matters and I'm talking about the UK because I can't really speak for America and Canada and all these other countries Pakistan India like I can't talk for them but like one thing I know living in the UK you see a lot of posters everywhere and these posters are produced by the NHS which is if you know effectively funded by the government right so you see these posters everywhere where it's like speak up it's like here call our hotline help 
you know, help the person next to you, join Age UK today to talk to the elderly and help them with their mental health. Um, it's like, you know, don't stay on your own, self-harming, and you know, trigger warning there, but self-harming is bad for you, here's how to stop it, da 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 But let me tell you one thing, because I have seen the NHS, it is so badly badly underfunded for mental health they do not care and I'm genuinely saying this because I know there'll probably be people out here listening to this thinking hey I don't agree with you you know I disagree da, da, da. but I have seen it because I have spoke and I've I've spoken and had conversations with people working in the NHS I'm talking nurses I'm talking HCs I'm talking doctors and they're like yeah so I tried to get an appointment the other day for my mental health they put me on a waiting list for about 14 months they put me on a waiting list for about eight months. And I do think I spoke about this recently in another episode where HCA was talking about her daughter who was essentially going through a very hard time. And, you know, she was self-harming and she was quite suicidal. Um, but she tried to get help for her daughter when she initially, you know, found out. And they were like, yeah, the waiting list is so long. If you want to go private, you can. But, you know, it's very expensive. And she's like, I just want to get help for my daughter. Like, she's going through such a hard time. I am her mum. But eventually, at the end of the day, that is what I am. I'm her mum. I can only help her to a certain extent. She needs professional help. And so now, more than anything, mental health is so big. We've got children who are depressed at the age of 14 years old. They are actually going through clinical depression. Nothing is being done about it, okay? Like, they talk about mental health and they yap and yap and yap about it. And I'm not I'm not saying this about the people. I'm talking about, you know, officials and government and these healthcare services and all that type of stuff. And, you know, people who actually just advertise it so much. But, like, nothing's actually being done about it. And I will say that it's not easy. It's not easy to tackle mental health. That is one thing for sure because every single person's needs in mental health are so different. They are so different. It's a spectrum, okay? Two people could be going through depression, but for totally different reasons. And for you to tackle that depression, you need to tackle the reasons. And therefore, you need someone with professional expert advice. And like, it's very, very hard because the 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 niche and that, that area and that field is just so badly underfunded. There's just, you know, not enough people in there. There's, it's just so crazy. Like the whole concept of supply and demand really, really fits in this. But, you know, it's really sad because we've, we talk so much about it. We talk so much. And and men, like we talk so much about their mental health, okay? Because the truth is, men, and I'm sorry, but toxic masculinity has really destroyed it for them. And I'm not saying to men, don't be masculine. I would never suggest or advise that. Like, I'm not saying that, but I am saying like, you do need to check in with your emotions. You do need to listen to yourself and see how you feel and have that one person in your life or just your own journal even, like where you can talk to yourself about your emotions. Because if anything, the pressure that there is on men, and this is one thing that's very true, everyone has pressures on them, but the pressure that there is on men, you know, having to work, having to provide, having to help their families, then having to make sure they're maintaining a very good relationship, then making sure that they're on their dean. And I'm talking from a Muslim perspective, then making sure, you know, they, they're doing the rights by their wives or, you know, whatever, like if you are married, then making sure that they're a good father and stuff like that. And it goes the same for women. Don't get me wrong. I'm not ever going to say here like, oh my God, no, the women are important. Like never. If anything, I'm the biggest advisor of that. But what I'm just saying is that boys I, I swear like boys do have the same problems it's just so heavily brushed under the carpet because it's basically masqueraded by this whole concept of to- toxic masculinity it's masqueraded by this whole need of masculinity boys don't cry oh my god why are you crying be a man you know be a man don't you dare do that don't be ridiculous and it's like that type of stuff that we're basically reinforcing to them and it's like oh yeah like i can't cry that i've literally heard boys be like 
I haven't cried since I was like 17. And they're like grown boys now. They're grown, not even boys, they're men. And it's like, you. I'm not saying you need to cry, but there must have been a time in your life where you're feeling like, God, I just need to let it out. And you're not being able to. And I don't know why, but I've seen this very, very massive thing in the Asian community, especially, where it's like, yeah, you know, man up. And it's, it, I'm not saying don't, don't be masculine, obviously. I'm not saying don't be alpha or anything like that. But I am saying like, there is this big need to talk to the men about it as well. And sometimes, you know, hey, it's true. People don't like to open up. All of us at some point in life, we just don't want to open up. And it, it depends on who you're opening up to. And men are very much like that as well. And, you know, they might see nothing wrong with that. And there may be nothing wrong with that. So this is where journaling comes in. I'm, I will genuinely say and advise this, like journaling helps with so much. And in terms of mental health, it will genuinely help your mental health. It will help you to tune into your emotions, stuff like that. You can find so many journaling prompts and ideas and tips and notions on like the internet, like, you know, little things like maybe you can reflect back on, little sentences that, you know, you can kind of use to start with journaling or just, just blurt it out. I've never really used a journaling prompt because... I personally feel like I'm very good at like writing anyway like and I can just like blurt my emotions out and stuff and kind of like talk about situations and how I see them and then relate it back or whatever to how I'm feeling but you know for other people that may not be that easy and therefore there are lots of like journaling prompts out there so you can definitely have a look into that um but yeah I mean back to my own kind of like journey with journaling so I started when I was 19 and just went on straight ahead I don't know how many journaling books I've actually got I would say probably like three or four like that I've filled up and so the one that I'm on actually now I'm so ashamed of and I'm using the word ashamed because I started this um July 2021 normally I will get through a book in like I don't know maybe just under six months or six months okay and this has taken me over a year over a year like what on earth um and honestly I I would never sit here and say nothing happened in my life like oh yeah life's just been boring right now because I'm believe you it has not been boring like I don't really I do think like especially like with the Instagram with the podcast and stuff like that and with the TikTok, like I do show obviously parts of my life, but I will never ever show every part of my life. And that is one thing for sure. And like, for example, like, you know, friends who know me, they know obviously like my life, my family, my cousins even, you know, my cousins who know me, like, you know, and see me on a daily, like I can genuinely be like, yeah, so this is, you know, whatever like is going on in life. And we'll have chit chats and stuff like that. And we'll reflect back on stuff or we'll just, you know, catch up with each other. And the things that we're catching up on, you know, you've probably never heard me speak about on the podcast or you've never heard me talking about on Instagram. And the same goes with my friends. The same goes, you know, things go with my family. And, you know, life, like I said at the beginning, is never going to be stationary. It's always changing. and It's so fast and forward. So there are things that happen. But, you know, I definitely say, definitely, definitely, I only choose to show like, I'd say probably 20%. 20% of my life is what is shown on social media um there's so much other things like so sorry so much other things that's such bad grammar so many other things that I choose not to show and that is essentially the the beauty and the trap of social media there you go that's a nice oxymoron for you a beautiful trap of social media I've said this time and time and time again and I say and I remind it and I reiterate it for a reason because 
I myself have fallen into that trap so many times where people's lives look so lavish, so beautiful, so amazing on social media, but in reality, it's nothing like that. So, you know, when you guys follow a certain influencer, you follow a certain person through social media, and then a bombshell is dropped about that person, to be honest with you, we've all had those moments where we're so shocked and surprised. But in reality, why are we surprised? Because do you really think they're showing you every single aspect of their life on social media? You know what I'm saying? Like, so that when something happens in their life and it's such a shock and such a horror to everyone, and I was like, oh my God, I never knew this about that person. Well, I mean, I guess so, because they were never even showing that part in the first place. We think we know everything about everyone just from what they show. And if I'm honest with you, that's why I call social media a trap, because that's not the reality. I just told you guys myself, for example, I show 20%. Maybe initially when I started social media, I was showing way more. And I think that's when I learned and I realized, hang on, I need to kind of like withdraw some of this. I need to be very smart about this because if there's one thing in life that I would definitely say to everyone is you do not owe anybody else a justification, a reasoning about your life. You do not owe anyone a justification about the decisions you make in your life. That is the truth. And if you want to categorize it, if you want to prioritize it, perhaps your family are the first people. First and foremost, it's Allah. The only per the only the only aspect of life where like you well to be honest with you Allah will know before you even know Allah knows what's in our in is in our hearts He's just waiting for us to bring it onto our tongues, and so Allah knows everything. But if anything after that, like I would personally believe like it's family. Family is first for everything, and then it'll be your friends, and then it'll be like extended family stuff like that. But never will it ever be, and I I do mean this because genuinely I will sit here and say I love each and every single one of you genuinely with my heart. Every time you guys message me, it makes my day. I get so shocked, like I get so like oh my god, like I'm so in awe because you guys love the podcast, you love the Instagram, everything like that. You come to me for like advice, whatever, or you ask me for hours or stuff like that, and I genuinely admire you guys for that. Like if anything, I'm admiring you guys for that. Um, but I will say like I don't owe anyone a justification about my life if that makes sense so therefore I will not be showing you everything about my life when it happens or when I need to make an update you know that's the case but even then if, if it was in all honesty I don't even need to make a massive update about anything that's going on but the reason why I am saying this is because you know that is the reality of the situation life changes people change stuff like that um, and you know we, we look at social media as our indicator of life we look at social media as our go-to kind of place to take inspiration from people and that's not true and that goes for every single thing it goes for studying it goes for you know these kind of like romanticized versions of studying I will be honest here and I will say perhaps I was making it look so beautiful and so amazing on my social media whatever and I kind of like taken a step back from posting anything about it because I realized like maybe I'm doing more damage than good maybe I'm doing more harm than good and not even just to to the concept of you know showing it out there but to myself as well uh, which is something we will talk about very soon by the way guys um I don't know when but there will be an episode very very soon on this and the whole concept of the studying the whole concept of the course the whole concept of the social media stuff there'll be an episode very soon about that so inshallah please do keep an eye out for that because it's going to be very important and very big um but you know we'll cross that bridge when we get to it um but yeah i'm just putting it out there um but yeah anyway so I do think, you know, we romanticize a lot of stuff about our life and in reality, you don't obviously show everything. It goes for, like I said, studying. It goes for jobs. You know, you might see a certain career and think, oh, this is all I want to do. 
um and then you know maybe you go into it and you're like oh hang on this is not what i thought it was going to be and it goes for relationships the biggest one i'd probably say is relationships please please i mean this for the love of god please do not look at other people's relationships and think to yourself every relationship should be like that or rather i want something just like this no person out there is going to be posting about the bad things in their life why would you do that unless you've reflected on it, unless you've learned from it, and now they want to, you know, basically teach everyone else, and they want to show that, hey, this is the lessons I learned from it, that's different, but right when it's happening, no one's going to be doing that, even if they do, they're going to be doing it when they're totally anonymous, so you don't even know who they are, okay, and so when you see these big influencers, or these big, like, um, couple people, or whatever it is, and you see them posting their stories about their relationship, or showing their day in their life, or whatever, that is not the entirety of it, it is not the entirety of it, I remember watching um, a couple, and basically they're one of the, um, so they're one of the couples, like, you know the funny YouTubers that kind of came out of Canada, the Pakistani ones, and I think you guys don't know who is, I'm never going to say words, I'm never going to say names, because I just don't really feel like that's necessary, and I could be wrong as well, but um, they were like the funny guys who kind of like started on YouTube initially from Canada, and you know, Pakistani guys, and now you know, some of them have gone to move back to Pakistan and stuff like that, but one of them was um, doing like a vlog with his wife, and um, they did it like over, I don't even remember how many I don't remember how many days or how many minutes of the vlog there was, but they did say that it was getting so hard to vlog because they had to show it like it was a day in their life. But in actual fact, it was over a few days. So whenever they were doing it, they had to basically wear the same clothes. Does that make sense? Kind of like start off from where they left. And so it was very hard, very challenging. And they were like, oh God, like I don't really know if we're gonna be doing this again type of thing. But like, it was quite difficult. And so that is just a mere example of how nothing is real. Not everything you see on social media is real. And also I do personally believe if you need to be getting the camera out and and posting all these little tidbits of your relationship and all that type of stuff, I really think you should be very, very careful of that. Because number one, you're presenting you're presenting something to people where they think, oh my God, this is how relationships should be. Number two, you're showing just the perfect stuff of your relationship. Number three, Nazar is so real. We always talk about this, but Nazar is so real. And so you should be very, very careful about that. And number four, now you've created this sense of, you know, a turpin, sorry, a certain, I was was supposed to say certain type, I said a turpin, but a certain type of standard for yourself now that you're always going to have to achieve and so now you see on social media snippets of conversations you know text messages and you see um you know these dates and you see these little things and you see it's just a lot it's a lot that's been thrown into our faces and I'm telling you right here right now it is you know maybe that is an aspect of their relationship but it's not every aspect there are times when it's probably very very hard for them and they're just choosing not to show that so please, please be aware of that. Do not fall into that trap. Because, I mean, we've all fell into that trap, haven't we? We've all done that. We've all looked at it and thought, okay, that's how it's supposed to be. And then you slowly realise very quickly, no, it's not. You know, that's why I feel like there's this very big um, disconnection between the relationships you've seen in reality. For example, the marriages around you and then the marriages you see on social media, and therefore you automatically deem the marriages in reality, the ones in real life, as bad, you think, that's a bad marriage, oh, 
they they just they're just staying together because they they don't want to leave each other they don't want to get divorced you you're like oh yeah like they don't love each other but then the ones you see on social media you think oh that is what it's supposed to be like there's a flaw in your lot's marriage in real life because it's not matching what i'm seeing on social media they're the ones who truly love each other because they did this they did that but you guys don't therefore you're bad and you're not understanding that hang on if anything as muslims especially i have noticed this and i do i do see it like as in you don't really show pda you don't really show personal displays of affection and stuff like that public sorry personal public displays of affection you know you tend to keep that side you know kind of like uh private right behind doors and you also show the times when you, you're not going to be going around loving your wife you know so openly in public which you know hey um that's there's nothing wrong with that like i i would really i hate people who laugh at other people for holding hands in public i just think why are you laughing at them because if anything they genuinely love each other little things like that but what i'm trying to say is you may see bad parts of their marriage as well you know, because word gets around, or you may have witnessed one of your own, like, for example, your parents' marriages, or your brothers' or your sisters' or your cousins' marriages, and you'd be like, oh my god, like, that's just so horrendous, like, I don't even think I ever want to get married, but, you know, that's only because that is a real-life marriage, and this is something, and I don't even understand, first and foremost, how we've even got to this topic of marriage, because this was supposed to be a journaling on mental health, but hey, you just flew naturally, um, but, you know, that is a real marriage where you will have good days, and you will have bad days, but, us as humans we tend to focus on the negativity so much and so therefore when you see social media marriages where there's no negativity being displayed you think that's perfect because there's nothing for me to hone in on that's negative there's nothing for me to focus on that's negative because there's nothing that exists that's negative that's wrong there is they're just choosing not to show you so uh, that's my biggest advice to everyone out there you know we've all fallen into the trap i've fallen into that trap myself please be aware of that it links back to social media to mental health because you're you know you're going to go through these things and it confuses you it messes with your head it messes with your emotions please 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 be very careful about the effect that social media has on you and moreover your mental health and learn how to sit with yourself and to tune into your own emotions biggest advice i'd ever give you if you know you guys see me as a sister if you see me as a friend as a 22 year old girl out there like i would well a woman to be honest with you (laughs) i hope um but like I would definitely recommend you guys to tune into your emotions and to really sit down and think about how situations or things in your life or just every day-to-day things are making you feel because it really really does highlight aspects of yourself that you realize you never had connection to. Oh yes guys basically long story cut short I really hope one of you guys goes out today and buys a journal make it pretty get a nice one or for you boys just get a basic one i don't know because i feel like you guys don't really get these glittery ones like we do um and just start writing seriously just start writing whenever you want whatever day you want you know and eventually you realize that you're you're honing in on yourself you're really trying to understand yourself but anyways after that talk i hope you guys kind of understood why i'm such a big fanatic of journaling we're going to move on to some reddit threads and yeah let's just get into it okay guys so the first one is i am marrying someone i don't love i grew up in an abusive home and saw my mother allow the men in her life walk all over her i watched her try to teach those same values to me and my brother by not making him do any chores but putting all the responsibilities of chores and cooking on me my brother was giving choice was given choices and opportunities i was not and he was given the freedom i wasn't so i decided early on i would never be like her i met my fiance when i was 20. i wasn't looking for a relationship but he pursued me and i was broke 
He is five years older than me and earns very good money. By the time he was 25, he already owned his own house, which in my materialistic heart was the deciding factor that led me to give in and start dating him. I have never been in love with him, but it's not like I don't like him. He is sweet, caring, we discuss everything and we are always laughing. He makes me dinner every night and massages my wrist when it plays up. We go on date nights once a week and holidays once a year and we love our dogs so much. He looks so handsome when he plays with them, I could watch them for hours. I see our relationship as more of a partnership. I also have come a long way in the six years we have been dating and I am not so broke. My conditions for marriage have always been never marry for love and never marry without a secure way out. I have both those conditions. I'm happy, I'm ready to have a family and maybe a few more dogs. I don't know if my fiancé knows if I love him or not and I will never tell him I don't. Edit. So basically an edit in Reddit is when they've posted it, they've seen all of the responses and then they go back to edit just to add like a main message to everyone else who was saying those comments. So edit. Fine, I'll go to therapy. You convinced me I have no clue what I am talking about. I've never been more confused about my feelings in my life. Still getting married though and no, I won't leave him. Update number two. Oh, you guys, you have me so caught up in my feelings. I told him I loved him for the first time and he cried and then I cried and we both cried and I think the dogs cried and yeah, he won't stop saying that he loves me and I'm hungry. I just want burritos now. Oh my god, that is the, <laughs> the last one tops it all off. Oh my god, that was so pretty. Oh guys, we have a happy ending for the first time ever in a Reddit thread. We've come so far, imagine. Okay, hang on. There is so much to unpack here. There's so much to unprocess. Okay, okay. I think as she was reading that, she's just scared to death of love because her mother was someone who always prioritized love over security and therefore loads of men came in and out of her life and walked over her she thought hey I'm never doing that to myself the problem here is love she met someone who she initially went for you know in, in the sake of security now first and foremost let's tackle that one there are people out there who probably think that is so wrong you should never marry for money da 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 and to be honest with you, I agree with you, but to a certain extent. I do believe that financial situations are something you should look at, but you shouldn't prioritise. Because I do think that, for me personally, I would think love is very important. And it doesn't really matter what that person is essentially, you know, doing in their life as long as they're doing something and as long as they're hardworking. But, you know, everyone has a different perspective on this, each their own. It is something where, you know, you would look at that person and think, are they a well-rounded person? You know, do they show a sense of commitment, responsibility, dedication and hard work? But yeah, there are people out there who do choose to marry for money. And you know what? I'm not going to shame you because in reality, the whole concept of men and women and that whole thing Islamically and basically that perspective you are allowed to look at that type of stuff it's not something I would do but you know other people do and hey that's fine that's on you but um she went into it looking at it like that materialistically financially she said that herself my materialistic heart you know she looked at it from security wise and then she starts talking and literally as I was reading it I was like bro like you guys literally love each other you're literally made for each other you know what else would you want you know, he literally makes you laugh. You guys have such a good time. You know, he's so caring for you. He he literally takes care of you. You guys have dogs together. Like, you, you want babies with this man. I literally, as I'm reading it, I realise, I think perhaps she doesn't realise that she's in love. She's blocked it off so much from her life. 
And now, you know, it's got to a point where she just thinks, I don't love him because I don't know what love is. I've never really loved or, you know, perhaps she just doesn't know what that is. But, in you know, in, in essence, their relationship is a loving relationship. And then she was like, yeah, I see it as a partnership. But to be fair, a partnership is where you guys just kind of like match for each other. But you wouldn't have these moments where, you know, you make dinner for each other. He he massages your wrist. You know, he, he makes you laugh. You guys want children. Like, I mean, you possibly would want children in partnership. But like you have loving dogs and you guys are just, you know, you're just well-rounded people. And then in the end, that edit. And guys, I'm not joking to you guys. I saw the title and I just saved it. I never read it. So that ending shocked me. But I'm so happy we have a happy ending for the first time ever to have read it. How beautiful is that? They're in love. She finally realised and he cried and he won't stop saying that to her. Which woman wouldn't want that? So adorable. Okay, we're getting on to the next one, guys. Because I feel like it's ver- it's a very rare moment. We have a very good Reddit, okay? So please do not be expecting that on a regular. You know, that's a very rare moment. Let's cherish that one and let's let's make it a gem in our heads because the next ones are not going to be very nice. So this one, my wife left me and our daughter for a guy we met at the mechanic shop. We've been married for five years. We have a four-year-old daughter. She has two other kids from a previous marriage. They are pre-teens. About two months ago, we went to the mechanic shop to get her car serviced and the guy there, she kept talking to him and looking at him. I ended up talking to him because I had a Raiders jersey on and he said he was a big fan of the Raiders. Anyway, I work 10 hours a day that she absolutely hates, but she's a stay-at-home wife. I pay all the bills, so I have to be away. She was seeing this guy we met at the car shop every day I was at work behind my back. Three weeks ago, I came home. She wrote me a text saying she was gone and she's in love with this guy and she believes this is her soulmate. This guy I did, my research, has no place to stay. So they all have been living in the car I pay for in different parks. What? Oh my God. Hang on, back up, back up, back, back up. He doesn't have a place to live. So he's living with her in her car, which is the same car that her husband has been paying for and they've been living in different parks. So where was this boy, this so-called soulmate, living before he met her? Because was he homeless? Like, are you homeless? Like, if you've been living in the car, do you have your own car to live in? Because surely, you, what were you doing before you met her? Were you living in your own car? Were you, li- were you sleeping in the shop? What were you doing? Okay, I'm just going to carry on. The sad part... She left out our old, sorry, she left out our four-year-old and left her behind and took the other two kids that are not mine. (gasps) Oh, I don't know what to say, guys. I'm so shocked. She has blocked me on everything. Well, yeah, I mean, standard. Um, Okay, there's so much here. Okay, family members have sent me posts of her saying how much she's happy now and in love with her like really handsome man it hurts to the core I can't eat sleep or function at work worse my daughter cries every night thank god my sisters and mum have stepped up to take care of her whilst I work and they watch her full-time on the weekend it's like I'm numb and I don't know what I did so wrong 
I took care of her, loved her when she was sick, loved her children. The worst thing she said I did was work too much and that I didn't have time for her. Well, sorry I'm the only one paying bills, it sucks so bad. The other worst part is last night she had the cops beating on my door. When I opened up, it was her and the cops. They were escorting her in to get her things. I'm so glad our daughter was sleeping. She gathered up some more clothes and said, toss the rest, she'll never be back. I looked outside and the guy she's with is sitting in the passenger seat aka their car guys their their house that's literally their house right now i am beyond livid oh yeah and she texted me this morning saying do i have gas money for her and will i pay the car note and maybe she will talk to me face to face but this is the only way i didn't respond i am numb Yes, I worked a lot, I'm sorry, but I didn't have time to take you to the movies or special dinner, but we have never been one hungry one day. Have a beautiful house and I always give you anything you ask for. Why not communicate so I could have worked on being a better husband and father? My wife is so beautiful, I thought I was lucky, but now I see the real her. Oh my god, that is so upsetting. Oh that's so sad because like we just had such a beautiful one and now we've had this heartbreaking one I am heartbroken for him because just imagine that like that is so wrong you know this I'll be honest like the majority of the times the the roles are reversed it's the man who does stuff like this who walks out who goes to get the milk and never comes back but like in this situation, it was the woman and I'm going to be honest with you, this is her third try. You know, clearly she had a marriage before this. It didn't work out. She had two children from that. She had a marriage with this man who literally stood up and was first of all the father to those boys. I don't even know if they're boys, sorry, they were preteens and has a four-year-old daughter with him and he was working day and night to provide for them. And then she walked out on him because suddenly she's met this soulmate at a mechanic shop who doesn't even have his own place. Hang on a minute. Oh my God. So if she took the first two children from the first marriage with her, are they all sleeping in the car? Because clearly they're living together. So like, so do they, so the guy, does he sleep in the passenger seat? Does she sleep in the driver's seat? And then do the kids sleep in the back? Because clearly something must be happening there. Like, oh, that is horrendous because you literally chose to walk out from a beautiful house with a loving husband who, okay, fair point. He he did go wrong by not being able to give you that time of the day, take you out and actually show you love. This is where sadly a lot of marriages go wrong because one or the other is always like, you don't have time for me. You don't have time for me. You, you know, you're always working. Da, da, da. But like, he was literally doing it because you were a stay-at-home wife. And then on top of that, like, you had a daughter and then on top of that you had a beautiful house and he was paying for that car so essentially by the way I just looked at the comments and someone said you need to report the car are stolen because you were paying for the um installments so it's still your car but she's taken it and therefore it's stolen property so you need to get a lawyer as well and file for a divorce and then take custody keep all like the pictures and stuff like that to show she literally walked out and she left the daughter behind because you know she could come back in a few years time and be like that's my daughter I want her back but you know you need to work for custody and stuff like that I don't really know how law works but um wow that is a lot um 
that is really sad to be honest with you I'm so heartbroken for him I really 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 pray he gets out of this what really broke my heart was when he was like I can't eat I can't sleep uh, I'm struggling at work like that's just so heartbreaking because for him his life has shattered that was the woman he loved she was immensely beautiful and stuff like that and now she's gone and I don't understand how she took the kids from the first marriage but then she didn't take her daughter what was it oh yeah we don't have enough space in the car I don't know where I'm gonna put her we don't have a place to live so she can't sit in the car with us like what was it why didn't you take her with you as well if you're really gonna rinse him like that why didn't you take her but you took the car because you didn't have a place to live shocking honestly shocking some people the audacity like insane she's she will pay she will pay and she will regret i'm she's gonna regret her decision you tell me which man at a mechanic shop like which guy's gonna look at her yeah oh she's pretty she's so beautiful i want to spend the rest of my life with you you're my soulmate oh yeah also by the way i don't have a place to live i probably don't earn that much so i can only really you know work towards myself because clearly i don't have a place to live and i will also take care of your two kids from your first marriage since this is your third time like come on be realistic who's gonna do that oh some people you think you know somebody honestly i don't even know what to say to that but honestly i hope that he gets through this because he will and he'll come out better this is just something that allah's i mean i don't even know he's a muslim or not but allah's putting him through you know he's putting him through a test he's putting him through a trial um let's just hope that he comes out stronger bigger and better out of this and he will because, you know, he's essentially just going to live for him and his, his daughter now. And I hope he meets someone who's amazing and who will never do that to him. But anyways, we had a very mixed Reddit segment right there. So Relax with Reddit was a bit of a shocker today. Good and bad. Really wish I had done this first one last so we ended on a good note. But you know what? Just just go back and play that one again if you're feeling sad. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I really hope that we kind of like touched on some amazing topics. Please let me know if you guys have any topics that you would love to talk about. I'd love to hear your suggestions genuinely. Send it to me via an anonymous um submission on the Google document which is linked in my bio on Instagram at the Word Affairs and on TikTok. And check out more episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and check out more episodes and articles from a very long time ago which I do need to get back onto on the website www.thewordaffairs.co.uk until then I will speak to you again next week inshallah and yeah take care